0: One.
1: And we're back after that commercial two, break. Three. What was that for?
0: I don't know. It was my count up.
1: Oh, all right. And that was my silly radio uh, radio host voice pretending like we were coming back from a commercial break. But we haven't.
0: We haven't. There. Here we are. Um, Hi. Episode something of...
1: We're in the teens, I think.
0: All right. Episode, episode teens. of <laughs> Uh, very, some... Actually,
1: it's quite relevant that it's episode teens, because...
0: Ah, today, we are going to talk about an experience we had at our son's school.
1: And he's a teen, so and there you go. he's a teen. That There's is the another connection.
0: identifying marker for for those of you who are trying to identify us.
1: Yes, that narrows us down to about a billion people yeah. who are parents to teens. Okay. Anyway, so the backstory of this is four years ago? Four years when... ago. It was
0: 2018, I remember um, very clearly... Because uh, I just started reading a bunch of stuff at that point. And I think I even have it written down in, a, in my book log of books I read. I remember reading Adam Alter's uh, book, um, uh, Irresistible.
1: Do you remember why? Like, you always are usually cotton on to things faster than I do, but what was it that tipped you off?
0: Um, I think it was when we took a trip uh, to a former. Uh, city in which we resided mm-hmm. um, and um, visited a, an oh. old an old friend of our son's who was quite honestly completely obsessed with his phone.
1: I would say even addicted. The, he was completely was addicted. And, and the parents behavior. were
0: doing, I mean, they were, well, I mean, they were doing what they could at the time. It was embarrassing to them. I remember very distinctly, they were ashamed and embarrassed of him. Right. Because he, he was... Obsessed with it. They told him, put it in the basket. They had a basket where they put the phones. I mean, that was a wise thing to yeah, do. Yeah, like
1: in the back of the living room. So you, he had to like crawl over all four adults talking. And, like, and reach over the sofa. At the sofas. Yeah. And meanwhile, our son was like in his room with, with the little brother. And something. we were visiting
0: from a very long distance away. A, Hadn't a seen him in a couple away. of years. Right. Yeah. And here he was um, ignoring his um And his it didn't seem friend. to be
1: because like they didn't like each other. You no, know. No, like, no. They
0: seemed to be even having a good time.
1: But it was like the kid just could not resist the siren call of getting back to that phone. And I remember how exasperated and ashamed the parents were. Like, I think I, I got the impression it was the first time they suddenly saw what was going on. Like, whoa, yeah. this and is I out of And I think it control. was
0: about, it may have been right before then or about that time. I don't know. There's a kind of a... Uh... Uh, coincidence of of factors you know that what's the Jungian term? Synchronicity. Synchronicity or something.
1: And the age for the boys would have been about 13. Yeah about
0: 13 yeah yeah Um, and I think it was um, it was about the time about the time people started getting their kids phones and of course by that time already um, they had smartphones. Now I must have already been attuned to this because I remember when um, we came to our in residence, we needed to get a, a phone for our son because of his commute to school. Um, we wanted him to be able to be in touch with us. And I remember distinctly thinking, There is no way that I'm getting him a smartphone. And I believe that is because I had been following the work of Cal Newport, mm. who um, said that um, in 10 years, getting a smartphone for your kid will be considered like buying them a packet of cigarettes.
1: And I believe I did not put up any objection to that. I did not like the idea no. either. And by this
0: time, actually, it was more expensive to get the flip phone than it was to get the smartphone. The dumb phone, right, right. Yeah, so, but I remember thinking this is so worth it because I do not want um, that happening, which I had predicted would happen.
1: Right, yeah. Okay, well, we can explore that more in the future. But what we want to get today is actually... So we started already... 4 years ago trying to reach out to the school which is I would it's yeah, a, so as soon as a we smallish started. private school quite attentive to parents I would say in yeah. general but we just started reaching out expressing some concerns because the kids were assigned laptop chromebooks in right. fact and um, they used a lot of Uh, Online tech for doing assignments, turning in assignments, keeping up with assignments, an insane amount of email, like, and so many redundant processes. Like, clearly they were trying to make sure kids and parents had all the information that they needed, but it was such a deluge that nobody could actually. Yeah, it was a very
0: typical corporate culture where if you. Think well. Somebody might need to know this. You send it to everybody. Right. So we we have an as parents we had an uh, email account at the school, and it just gets all the messages. They can send to everybody, and like everybody else, we just can't look through them all.
1: Yeah, like even the daily bulletin they send, I just created a filter so I never see it because it was just like I I. At some point, deleting things even takes up too much time. (laughs) So anyway, so we reached out then, like, you know, we we have some concerns and I think it got shunted to the PTA. We got a very lukewarm response. I had like one Zoom chat. This was before everybody did Zoom all the time, pre-pandemic, with one of the officials of the PTA who seemed kind of like basically fell for the any good fallacy like told we me we should explain
0: what the any good. okay so the is.
1: any good fallacy is if any good comes out of something therefore it justifies all the bad that comes out of the same thing because otherwise how would you get the good it's like kind of a distorted theodicy and so the basic argument was yeah but look at all the good that's come out of email smartphones internet we Chrome get books. to connect with
0: people right and, and just, very fittingly this was uh, your average kind of middle-aged person um who actually are the the kind of the worst users of Facebook and and social media.
1: Well, and also had a childhood free of it and had no idea what it was doing to children's and teens brains. So anyway, in the end, just like, um, worksheet was sent around, it was basically entirely plagiarized off of the book list we gave them to the other people on the PTA saying, here's some things you should know about and like that was it. It was just was, dropped. Yeah.
0: so that was about four years ago. That was or three and a half anyway, by now, right? Frustrating. And yeah, so we I are thought... not
1: natural activists, believe it or not, despite running this podcast, we are not activists. So no. we don't have like the persistence and fire of
0: I don't know how to get things done on the PTA. I thought I have this great information that's been very useful for me. I'll just share it with people who are in, in power and and think that And they'll be grateful. they'll be grateful, (laughs) and they'll pass it along.
1: Yeah. So then the next year and the next year, we reached out a couple times, tried to get some attention, express some concern. Again, they were like, thank you for sharing. I don't remember particularly, but just kind of felt like up against the wall. basically got
0: nowhere. And of course, our, our, our son's cool, too. Everybody uses the Chromebook. Yeah. They have the Chromebook. And we were having struggles at home at that point with using YouTube when... Uh, homework was supposed to be right. being done and having the chat window open when yeah. homework was supposed to be being yeah. done and had to sending emails. And so I just... But let's
1: admit that we also were wrestling Oh, yeah, we yes, were wrestling you know, I'm just, just saying the that kid. there seemed
0: to be things not just... Uh, in general, but actually, very specific things with the school, trying to get them addressed, and it seemed like the PTA was a, was a kind of venue through. And I so think we through our, to through
1: our that. reading in this area, we realized it wasn't like our son is uniquely lacking in willpower to resist the chat from his friends when he's doing math problems. Like, no, human beings cannot resist the lure of social communication. <laughs> it's yeah. just the way we're yeah. built. And, and, we're, and not, not, we're not we, even well, talking. Really There's needed...
0: no social media here at all. Anyway, yeah. we're not. We don't have social media.
1: Yeah, but I'm saying like this is something that. That was a structural problem, and so even though we have set up family solutions of some kinds, which I think we'll talk about in the next episode, there were things that had to be done at a larger scale than our family to address some of these issues, and if we're suffering them, surely other families are too. So anyway, we kept trying, didn't really get anywhere. But, and I think basically by the end of the last school year, you and I would get so regularly exasperated with the school. And I was like, look, we have to try again. We have to get other people to get what these issues are here. Well, because otherwise, we're just going to be complaining constantly to our kid about his school. And that is not helping anything. Well, and
0: meanwhile, we had also talked to parents that we had come to know every one of them systematically about this. And all of them said, yes, 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 we need to be talking about this. And right. so I don't know, it's half a dozen, a dozen different individual parents agreed. And not just because they liked us and because they were our friends, but they really did think this is a real as issue know. as far as we know. <laughs> I don't think we're that charming. Um,
1: we're totally that charming, but it's also a real issue. Yeah.
0: No, but it was a real issue. And so we thought, okay, we need to press this. And somehow, and we kept, so we kept going. Yeah,
1: so th- this past, at the beginning of the, this, current school year that we're in I sent a message to like the head of school and the principal high school principal and PTA people and we have a, and that a was good,
0: in September a good
1: friend who's in the on the IT team and basically said I bet you were wondering why haven't we heard from the Wilsons yet this year about tech well here it is this is our annual email of concern but this time it worked. Yeah, and I'm binary. not I th- I think it's two things. I think it's one the pandemic has had people so much on computers and the isolation and the suffering especially for children and teens has been so immense um with you know increased mental health and suicide problems just to scratch the surface of those things that plus the release of the social dilemma documentary. Yeah, I think and the that combination the Instagram of Instagram
0: two- news that came out oh, at right. some point, the Francis Collins. Uh,
1: yeah, I don't remember the whistleblower. name. Whistleblower, but basically showing that Instagram and Facebook have known for years already how damaging their platform is to teen girls, and yet sat on the information. Though yeah. it did cause them to delay the release of Instagram Kids, so yes. that's something. Anyway, so I think finally, like. The stars aligned and people were yeah. ready to hear the message. So, yeah, so we were invited to a conversation with the head of school and principals and IT team on right. campus.
0: Right. And, and that they was were back in the fall. So that was the fall. So that was I think we contacted them in September, and so we at the end, end of October, beginning of November, we met with I have no them. Sense of the timeline. And I oh, yeah. remember, yeah.
1: But I, I remember. It was interesting kind of the variety of responses. So like the head of school was in her last year, she's about to retire. So I think she was like aware that there are issues, but also aware like this is so far from the way she grew up and that she was leaving. There was kind of a limit to what she could do. I remember the principal was kind of more along the lines of, um, um, well, we can just teach them good habits. And I, I had the feeling that, you know, had a very high estimation of education for solving problems. And I think you and I on this issue have concluded that you don't need education. You need walls. (laughs) I mean, enough education to put up walls and and different
0: walls, because like every school, every educational institution that's using technology, they do have walls. They do use, Um, IP blocking to keep adult sites and predatory sites and illegal sites away from kids as much as possible. So there are walls, but that's not the walls we were talking about.
1: Well, yeah. And also I remember like at the end, I was, I was a little frustrated. So I used the very sensationalistic image of, I was saying, I was like, okay, but like when you talk to teens about sex, you don't wait until they're naked in bed alone in the house together and say, oh, by the way, please don't have sex. Like you, first of all, prevent them from being alone together and naked together and completely unsurveilled. you know, like, You don't wait till it's at the moment of temptation and then say, don't you put lots of barriers in place. And I think the kind of willpower education model just doesn't realize that by the time, especially young people, but most human being, most human brains, when they get to that point, they're not going to be at that point and say, no, it's just too late. You have to put in the barriers much sooner. But then the IT team I thought was the most interesting because there was everything from, um, yeah, we are doing a lot to like super paranoid, <laughs> like multiple yeah. alternate IP addresses, identities, blockers. Well, like, they, like they but... really got how, how much you are susceptible online and are yeah. really eager to protect kids. Yeah, and, and I several don't... of
0: the people on the team themselves were extremely aware of all of the privacy and security issues of the Internet and themselves had multiple identities, etc. And yeah. the school itself is... Very responsible with how it treats students' data and right. how it blocks them. Um, yeah, and and we also heard very importantly they they one of the reasons and one of our issues was that the chat was always on, mm-hmm. and um, one of the reasons they said that is is because they would rather have the kids chatting on the school system than in some other um, opaque system.
1: Basically, because then they can monitor for keywords that sent you know. Tr- that indicate bullying, suicidal mentation, mental health problems, harassment, harassments, inappropriate talk of all kinds, which I have to say was a real dilemma for me because, like, one of the reasons we're here doing this podcast is because we really dislike surveillance.
0: <laughs> yeah. no. But,
1: you know, when this is your teens versus the world and sometimes your teens versus each other, like, there has to be some kind of surveillance still. And, but, you know, you need to be a lot more teachers and parents aware of what's going on so that the surveillance itself does not become toxic and that can certainly happen i there's no reason to think that's happening at our son's school
0: no it is it is it's surveillance i mean in the sense that it's they're being i mean they're not exploiting it no and the data is being as far as we know being kept for fairly yeah and they like they
1: have systems put in place that like if your kid tries to go to websites with inappropriate content that like it's not blocked automatically by the blockers but it's like you know gateway to that sort of thing. They does set up a trigger and then they can inform you about it as well. So yeah. yeah I'm, it's responsible. But you know, it's basically this fire hose portal to the entire world. You have to put up some kind of barriers. Right. Anyway, so that was very good. And they were very positive about it. And they said, okay, we're going to make a firm recommendation of the PTA that they hear you out and talk to you. So then... I don't know, a couple months a couple later,
0: months, three months later, we
1: um, visited with the PTA. We gave a presentation on our major areas of concern, and they were really responsive. Some of them had seen the social dilemma, they'd read some stuff that we'd sent along, and like they were ready. <laughs> I felt like, okay, we're finally going to get somewhere. And we don't need to r- repeat in detail that. But anyway, that led to the creation of the Digital Tech Forum at this school, and we just last week had the first event um, and we had 50 people involved and um about half in person and half watched like the school's internal live stream. And, uh, the two of us, Andre and Sarah without an H presented, um, you know, on, on the stage, <laughs> our basic areas of concern. And we structured it as like three areas and then kind of, um, tips. So we'd end up not having enough time to do all the tips. Yeah. And, and then, then we a-
0: answered some, we did some questions. There's Q and a
1: and another, um, a librarian came up and, and talked about, um, From her perspective when she teaches, I guess they call it digital citizenship, um, basically the big issue is that kids don't want to tell their parents when a stranger speaks to them or like chat messages them on a video game because they assume their parents will just deny them access to the game altogether. So basically, kids are motivated to conceal if they're being approached by strangers. And she said, please tell your kids. That is not going to be the first reaction. It's so much more important that you get them to tell you what's going on, obviously. Yeah.
0: Anyway, so three and a half years um, later, (laughs) and uh, eight months after we made the first contact this year, we did finally have a digital tech forum. And um, it was... Successful enough, there were over 50 people in a very small school that's almost, um, uh, yeah, it's a large, a large percentage, percentage of the, right. of the, of the, of the parents, um, a good percentage who attended, um, people from elementary, middle, and high school, mm-hmm. uh, the parents that is. And we managed to convince the PTA to make it a standing event next year. Right. So we hope to have a five or six meetings where we will address various topics yeah. in a forum uh, format, Yeah. So that we can air um, all of the things surrounding digital technology, child development, education, privacy, security, um, sanity into the twenty first (laughs) century.
1: Right. Right. And well, you know we. We'll probably try to find some other people to come and speak to. So it's not just us every time. But anyway, this is a really thrilling development and just really glad for the kind of support and encouragement we got from teachers and parents who really see like there, there needs to be a lot more understanding, just basic understanding of what's going on. And I guess, you know, I was thinking of our, our title, The Disentanglement Podcast. Part of the idea here is that it's just the whole internet is like a package deal like you're in or you're out, like the options are Luddite or accept everything on the any good fallacy. And the whole point of disentangling here is like, actually, these are lots and lots and lots of discrete things. And you can make choices about each of them. You know, at some point, you're probably gonna have to block out major areas because there are too many things to make choices about. But you can set up some, um, you know, filters for even which things you're going to admit and in which way.
0: Yeah, so that took um, yeah three and a half years finally to get <laughs> to school to be talking about it publicly to get the PTA to be talking about it. Publicly.
1: Oh, and I, I guess we should mention so the three major areas we talked about first were social media as related to mental health, especially for developing brains right. in children and teens. Right. Um, and then
0: I spoke um, about attention because having read what I've read about human attention and believing what I do about the future, especially of knowledge work. Uh, Brains that are able to concentrate for long periods on demanding, uh, mentally, cognitively demanding tasks are the brains that will own the future. We, the uh, future, will be owned by creators of content, not consumers of content, and that cre- uh, requires lots of concentration and just kind of the science, cognitive science uh, behind that. And then I did, did mention. Uh, some of the background behind algorithmic um, optimization of content. And how it leads to extremism. And how that drives. It's sort of like this cognitive feedback loop that, that, that amplifies the extremes.
1: Right, right. Yeah. So there was a very positive response, and I think a lot of um, energy going forward. So we will probably, um, as we continue with this podcast, report on how that goes in the future. But that seemed like such a kind of breakthrough success for us, we wanted to tell you about it here, yeah. which I guess leads to our our tip of the episode.
0: Yeah, tip of the episode, which is um that uh, if you... Uh, well, that having a sane, healthy relationship to today's comprehensive internet communication technology requires um, deliberate engagement on your part. Uh, it, it is unlikely that just going with the flow and doing what everybody else is doing is going to lead to the best outcome for you, uh, for your family, or for the school. And in order for you as a family and as an individual to be able to have a sane relationship and to communicate with people. It was in this era of new, always-on communication technology, um, you need help from others as well. And in our experience as uh, being parents, um, um, we felt that it was important for us to begin addressing this at the school. And just so you know, it takes a long time, and it takes several iterations. In fact, many of the things we are advocating for, or the discussions that we uh, hope that will that will um, be had won't even take place until after our son graduates. (laughs) That's
1: probably true. Uh,
0: Just so you know, we're talking, this is a long-term thing. And so uh, the tip is to begin now. Reach out to your PTA. uh, Reach out to, uh, if you're a member of a church, to your council. uh, If you're in a business, reach out to the IT people um, to make sure that the kind of presence and the kind of activities you are doing that involve uh, the internet um, are being done in a safe and a secure way that is appropriate for your mission.
1: Right. Start now and be persistent. It's probably going to take a while. Don't be discouraged by not getting traction at first.
0: Right. It does take a village. It takes a, uh, an actual village of real people, not simply <laughs> the global village of everybody connected all the time. But um, uh, your tribe, you need the help of your tribe to undertake um, this task. And it will take time to engage them. Uh, but be persistent and it will work. People are beginning to wake up to the necessity of, um, engaging with these technologies in a deliberate way, not simply a reactive way. And, um, you can help, uh, that come about, uh, within the communities, uh, you participate in.
1: Okay. That's it.
0: That's it.